Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I am Gray. I'm joined as always with uh, by my co-host Nathan. Uh, the premise of the show is very simple. We just listen to bands that people submit to us. Um, typically, it's hardcore punk or hardcore punk adjacent stuff. It, we are not critics. This is not a review show in the strictest sense. We are just two grown men who really like hardcore and punk still. So we listen to bands and we uh, we give our honest appraisal of them. And that's that's about it. There's really not much much to it other than that. So uh, as our first order of business, as always, we're just going to go ahead and list what bands we have in the queue. The format is as follows. We put 10 bands in the queue. We roll some dice. We see what bands pop up. And we usually get through about five or six bands. So uh, let's go ahead and run through what we got in the queue this week. So first up, I have got Sustains with S's for Sustains. It's on Cola Freak Records, uh, which is a label based out of San Diego. The way that I actually found this was a homie of mine, Derek from San Diego, submitted a bunch of San Diego bands, uh, one of which was on this label, but uh, everybody forgets to check, I guess, or just doesn't listen to me when I say that we only accept releases that are a year or less old because we're trying to keep everything mm. forward-facing and contemporary. So uh, the band that he sent me that was on this label was indeed, the release was indeed older than a year. Um, but I just decided to pick something else on this label because it looked cool and it was the most re recent release that they did. So I put it in the queue. Uh, then we got Homunculus, uh, which is a band from Ypsilanti, Michigan, who self-submitted to me. Don't know anything about them. They said they've only been playing for a little bit over a year. Um, then I've got Full Borer. Um, this is a band from Toledo. Uh, this dude, Benjamin Brooks, that I know, plays in this band. Um, we have a bunch of mutual friends. Nate, you might have met him before. Couldn't couldn't really tell. He's friends with Will and uh, that whole crew. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I don't know nothing about this band, but he submitted it to me with uh, and said, asked us to roast him. But we may very well not. We might like it a lot. Then we have got a uh, new Indianapolis band. LIB, which stands for Life is Beautiful, with their uh, new release DIE, which stands for Death is Expected. Uh, I've not listened to this stuff yet. I listened to the first demo, and it was pretty cool. Um, described as sort of power violence-y stuff, uh, if memory serves. That's, that's about right. So we'll hopefully get around to that, because I'm always down for big open hometown shit, um, or close to hometown shit, two hours away. Then we have got uh, the band Oversight with their uh, 2019 promo tape. Uh, don't know anything about this band. They're from Vegas, and uh, a homie submitted them to, to, to me and said that it was uh, kind of early NYHC stuff. So if that's the case, fucking awesome. Um, then this is a repeat from last week that we didn't get around to. Sweet Soul with Do You Like Good Music, described as 77 Punk, which I hope is an accurate description. Mm -hmm. Then we've got Tortured Skull, which was another one from last week that we didn't get around to that a bunch of people have been recommending with their release Ritualistic Guitar Violence. Um, another one that has come highly recommended to me by a bunch of people, a uh, new Richmond band uh, called Sensual World with their record Feeling Wild. Um, again, know nothing about this band, but a bunch of people have put it in front of me, So, and the art looks fucking sick. Then we've got Woolworm, who are from Vancouver. Uh, this is sort of the same deal. A bunch of people I know have been posting about it. A few people have asked, asked me to check it out. So we'll see what's up. I don't know shit about it. 
And then last but not least, we've got Hanging Fortress, who I think were in the queue a few episodes ago. They're another Ohio band. Um, self-described as death metal stuff. The dudes asked me to throw it in the queue, so I did. So hopefully we'll finally get around to it. And uh, that's it. That's all we got. So we're going to go ahead and roll a D10 and see what pops up first today. All right. Eight. Eight. Okay. Well, fuck yeah. Eight is uh, Central World, which I was really hoping that we would get around to listening to today. Um, the Bandcamp is centralworld.bandcamp.com. Um, unless they have other releases contained elsewhere, I believe that this is their the first thing that they've released, at least their first proper record. Um, this is like an actual LP, which is always good to see. It's also... so especially on like the punkier the punkier side of the stuff that we get on this mm -hmm. um almost all of them are like at least mastered by will killingsworth it seems like it huh like he is the go-to dude and like for the the i'm putting out a seven inch soon and homeboy my friend james at, at the label at blind rage he was like hey we might have will killingsworth master it and i'm just like well, that seems like the move, I guess. Go for it, you know? Yeah, he, he must be making a ton of money. He, I mean, he's I don't know about a ton because it's punk and hardcore, but I imagine he's making a living because he also runs a studio, so a lot of people, like, <clears throat> record there, too. Yeah. But mastering services, I mean, you know, you can charge a decent amount for him. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he's doing – I'm sure he's – He's a punk dude. He's doing it on a sliding scale, I'm sure, like not charging an arm and a leg. But still, with the sheer number of releases that come across our desk that are mixed or mastered by Will Killingsworth, I imagine he's doing all right. It's just a bunch of prefab sets. He's like presets. <laughs> there it goes. Done. Yeah, he's just got like a bunch of preset EQ shit, and he yeah. just clicks it, and he's like... Done. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of weird, like not to get too in the weeds on this before we get into this band, but like it is weird because like every era of punk and hardcore, it seems will have like a couple go-to producers or mix like engineers that like get a certain amount of clout like right. name associated clout that people like you know steve albini was that dude for mm -hmm. a while um like it, it's just uh it's a weird phenomenon i like i think i think will does good work because i've heard plenty of records that he's actually recorded and mixed too and like he he's a very good engineer and producer. There's no doubt about it, but it's really interesting how the sort of like punk zeitgeist will hone in on like a couple figures in each generation and be like, this is the dude whose name you want to on in your liner notes. It's sort of like this, you know, founder effect. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Also, sorry if you hear squeaking, but we record in a basement, uh, a haunted basement, a haunted basement. So there's a lot of, a lot of squeaking and booing. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what uh, what track do we want to listen to off of this? I don't know, but I really like this art. Yeah, the art is fucking awesome, right? Um, obviously, podcast not a visual medium, um, but if you're not a poser, then you're going to the band camp and checking this stuff yeah, out. You know yourself. what is a visual medium? The internet. Go check it out. Right, exactly. Uh, so, what song do we want to listen to? Um, let's see. It's a eight song LP. Yeah. How about uh, Apocalyptic Faith? Okay. Track so, two. Track two. Yeah. All right, cool. So we're going to listen to Apocalyptic Faith by Central World off of their LP Feeling Wild. <laughs>
right, we just heard Apocalyptic Faith by Central World off of their LP Feeling Wild, and uh, that was really fucking good. Yeah, we both really like that. Yeah. It's nice to hear somebody singing that mm-hmm. can sing. For sure. It's nice to hear uh, you know, early post-punk influence. Mm-hmm. I got no problems with that. No. Um, I don't really like Kate Bush, but seems like they get their band name from that. I love Kate Bush, so... Fun um, fact about me, actually, one of the first tapes that I ever owned as a very small child and played until it repeated was The Central World by Kate Bush. There you go. So I appreciate that uh, a lot. Yeah. I guess I haven't really delved much into Kate Bush. She's you, might always, fuck, you might fuck with it. Maybe now in my old age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, th- uh, I feel like you would. You like, you know, you like shit like Purity Ring and stuff. I think you would like Kate Bush. Not that, not that I'm saying it's similar, but I'm saying you like ethereal uh, shit with women singing and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You might dig it. Maybe. We'll put it, I'll throw it on. Maybe, maybe I'll try it sometime. It's uh, another step towards shedding my toxic masculinity. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. But yeah, this is fucking great. Yeah, I dig this. The, the artwork is perfect for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. It's, uh, yeah, there's nothing not to like about this. No. And it's, uh, so yeah, so there are definitely early early post-punk influences in there in the, in the sort of, uh, you know, there's some chorus on the guitar. There's some jangly elements, but then, uh, as we both noted, came in in the latter half of the song, there's like a fuzzed out guitar And that part. was really nice. Super nice. Um, there's definitely some sort of, there, there's some like 70s rock influence here too mm-hmm. um, that is incorporated incredibly tastefully. Um, you know, there's some like glam and shit in here too. There, the DNA of that can can definitely be heard in this. This actually, to me, is not that dissimilar from uh, from Civic from Australia. There is some of the there's some no yeah similar stuff. It's like anthemic, but not corny anthemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? it's, it's a fine line to walk. Right, exactly. Yeah, that Civic Seven Inch is one of the best things I've heard this year. Was it was it this year or last? I heard oh. it this year. Oh, word, word, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I heard it like maybe in January sure, or so, yeah. but. That was, yeah, you're right. It's in that same avenue. It's in the same sort of vein as like Sheer Mag. Sure. Obviously. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, that stuff's awesome. I definitely want to listen to the rest of that LP. Uh, my homie Andy sent it to me. I saw a couple of people sharing it, and then my dude Andy, who's, uh, whose taste I, I very much trust for the most part, sent it to me and was like, yo, this is my favorite record of, uh, of the year. You should definitely throw this on the show, and I'm glad we did. That stuff fucking rules. So I'm mm-hmm. stoked to check out the rest of that. And if that is their first effort, um, I think it's probably pretty clear that all of these folks have been in other bands. Yeah, I'm looking, and I mean, at least on Discogs, I see a few things, bands that I'm frankly not familiar with for, uh, looks like the singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody else, there are limited entries. So who knows what they've done, right? right? And whatever, whatever their output it is, it isn't on the most, you know, it isn't on the most easily searched Right, sort of like encyclopedia of who's who. Yeah, well, that's a uh, that's an extremely strong first effort. I'm fucking stoked to hear the rest of that LP. Um, what do we uh, what do we want to what do we want to do next? Let's find out what the dice says. Let's find out what the dice say. Ready? Yep. Hit me. Five. Is that a five or yes, a four? It's a five. Oh. It's my system. Oh, you have a new system. I have a system. Oh, okay. So should I not rearrange stuff in the order? No, rearrange it. Oh, okay, okay. So we're trying a new system for dice rolling. Don't let them know. <laughs> just, just know that it's going to go smooth as silk from now on. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so this is Oversight um, with their promo from 2019. So this is actually this is on their uh, record label site. So it's iourecords.bandcamp.com. Um, 
I feel like there's other stuff on this label that I have listened to somewhat recently, but I could be wrong. Okay, yeah, so that Method of Doubt stuff, which was not anything that we listened to on here, but I have heard. Oh, the Be All, End All stuff. Yeah, okay, so they've been putting out a lot of cool tapes recently. Um, they put out both of the last Method of Doubt tapes, both of the last Be All, End All tapes. Uh, that result, the first result of choice tape. Okay, cool. Hit me again with that uh, site. It's iourecords.bandcamp.com, and it's the most recent release on there. Right. IOU number twenty-one promo tape oversight. Um, it's only two songs, so we uh, shouldn't have any trouble picking which one to listen to. That's pretty much a toss-up. I imagine this is probably a promo for an upcoming LP. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, typical to promo in a seven inch with two songs because that seems like uh blowing one's load a little bit early what song do we want to listen to there's the first song chain of command which is 248 and the second song beyond the bend which is a minute and a half um um let's do let's just listen to the first first song i, I imagine that, with, that's probably what they want to hit i was you gonna with. say i imagine with a two song promo yeah yeah, um, yeah. They're probably going to put their best foot forward. I would hope it's so. It's a two minute and 48 second song. Yeah. So the other one's a minute 33. So who knows what we're going to get. All right, cool. So we're going to listen to Chain of, uh, of Command by Oversight off of their 2019 promo. Yeah! 
All right, we just heard the song Chain of Command by Oversight off of their 2019 promo. Nate, why don't you kick it off? Uh, it sounded like it was uh, musically they were on track for something good, but then they just drug on too long, and that recording did not hit at all. It sounded yeah. it sounded like everybody was half asleep. It honestly kind of made me want to fall asleep. Yeah, it, I, there's something. I, I, I'm sure it was. I, I don't think it's in the performance. I think the the mix or the actual recording itself was just not hidden. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, everything felt to me listening to it. It seemed like everything was just like a little bit in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the, there was like not a lot of bite on the guitars. Nope. You know what I mean? And and that's fine. Like it, it doesn't need if you're if you're going because this was described to me by the person who submitted it as early NYHC. Not really. No. Not early really. NYHC is early Agnostic Front, Antidote, The Abused. You know that kind of stuff. This would be more mid to late '80s NYHC stuff. Which is funny which, because that's like a three year difference. But yeah, still nonetheless, the sound is vastly different. Right. Um. So. So, yeah, not exactly early NYHC, but what I was going to say is, you know, a lot of the guitar on those recordings is not necessarily super overdriven, but the recordings themselves are, I don't, they, they're either blown out enough that it still works, or there's enough, like, bite in the actual recording that the, they sound big. Like, this had neither of it. It was like, the quality, the quality was too high for like the actual recording fidelity was too right. high for it to work as sort of like a blown out thing but then there was none of the actual like added production value that you would expect no. from something that was more sterile and clean that would have it's almost like everybody was just like plugged straight in you like di'd yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that would have that would have i think sounded a whole lot better if it was like live recording in the studio agreed yeah um, which maybe maybe it was, you know, I don't know. I wasn't in the room. Either way, the recording definitely didn't do the song justice because I thought this was competently delivered. It's a little long. It's a, it is a little long. Um, you know, almost three minutes long for the intro on a two-song promo. Eh, it's kind of a lot. And a fade-out. And a fade-out. You Come know on. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a, that's, that's kind of amateur hour shit. Um, but I wasn't mad at this. I think um, if I could hear this with some production that actually did it justice... And maybe hear this music in the context of an LP. Um, you know, I might dig it more. Uh, like I said, I'm not mad at it. It's no, just, I, I think it's it's a promo. Yeah, exactly. But uh, do better on the real deal. Right, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because uh, I, th- I think with the right execution, um, this stuff could hit a lot harder. And I probably would have had a lot more... Uh, I would have had a lot nicer things to say about it up top if this would have, like come full force right because this kind of stuff is uh, is a thing that i mean no i mean it's right up our alley yeah exactly but it's also there's a there's a lot of good bands that do this really well right and so you need to hit all the fucking boxes right exactly you know for sure you can't miss a step and that sounded too sedate right 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 for sure so you know not mad at you um but uh I, based on the quality of the song itself, I'm confident that you guys could do better, and uh, I hope you do, because I would like to revisit you and be pleasantly surprised by the next effort. Let's, For sure. Let's go ahead and uh, roll and see what's up next. All right. Four. Okay. So, this is Life is Beautiful with their brand new release, Death is Expected. Um, the Bandcamp is lifeisbeautiful.bandcamp.com. So, I'm going to let you the listeners, and you, Nate, behind the scenes a little bit. Okay. 
So just to let you guys know how, uh, so I, I think it might be easy to, for a certain type of listener to think that perhaps you or I are biased or have a particular agenda or, you know, whatever. Well, I'm going to tell you guys something that will, uh, entirely absolve absolve us of any suspicion of that, which is that there is a member of this band who he and I have a semi-active, I wouldn't say a full-on beef, but like we actively don't like each other. Okay. Right, you know? I may have called him some things that I won't repeat on the air. So that said, I'm still giving this an entirely fair shake, and I do like the other members of the band a lot too. So, And again, I'm not like swinging on site with this guy, but the point being... Even if you think that we don't like you as people, send your shit in. And I am i am a full-grown adult. I'm 30 years old. I am happy to listen to the music of people I don't like, and I have no problem giving it a fair shake. I'll even book you at my house. As long as you're not like a straight-up bad person, I don't care. I'm so down for the core. That's how down I am. That's how real I am. Well, and then you settle it like true warriors in the pit. That's right, exactly it. Right? Yes, right. That's, that's how it's been done uh, since time immemorial. For generations now. Two men enter, one man leaves. That's right. Um, so what track do you want to listen to? They're all pretty short, other than the last one. There's, it's like a three-minute dirge. We, we mentioned this on the last episode, I think. Yeah. It's sort of, a, at this point, a power violence required move to have like one song that is like a dirgey, long, slow Yeah, and track. It's, it's typically going to be at the end of one of the sides. Right. You know? Um. Let's go with the first track then, Sour. Sour? Okay, cool. We're going to listen to Sour by Life is Beautiful off of their brand new release, Death is Expected. heard sour which is the first track off of death is expected by life is beautiful life is beautiful from indianapolis nate uh that'd be fun life that's good live music mm-hmm. now i like a lot of stuff like that you know what i mean right so my brain is saturated with shit like that sure and um frankly i don't frequently put those sorts of records on right they go by too quickly mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that's really good in a live setting it's a ton of fun mm-hmm. it's good like just on a mix that comes up Totally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 
it's not something that I would would see like heavy rotation on my record player just because there's so fucking much of it. Right. And uh, you know, yeah, it just uh, it's like um, eating a spicy pepper again with the food metaphors. It's a, it's a, it's <laughs> a got, nice spicy pepper. You got right? one for every episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something that I like to to, to flavor my day. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sitting down to a bowl of it. Right, fair enough. That's a good again. Your fruit analogies are frequent, but always apt. Yeah, it's what it's my go-to. Right, right. What what else am I going to talk about with analogies? My brain isn't that uh, deep to come up with, uh, you know, more greater poetry than comparing power violence and hardcore to peppers and spaghetti. Yeah, you've basically got, you know, room. I say both of us basically have room in our brain for fringe music, food. And a few other things, right? You know, right? Nature, nature, and, and other nerd, well, that, nerd that, endeavors. That the, the, I, I could go on for hours about that, right? Right, at great depth and length, right? Um, that occupies a huge chunk of my uh, accessible memory, right? So, yeah, I mean, this is decent. I'd like to see this live for sure. Mm-hmm. I bet you um, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I'd probably pick up a physical copy of it, sure, definitely. just for posterity, for the for sure. the, the archival nature of it, definitely. Um, but yeah, I like it. Yeah, this stuff is really cool. Um, uh, I dig it a lot. I wouldn't say it's like it's not straight up power violence. It's, no, it's power violence informed hardcore. Yeah, I agree. Because it's you, anytime that you incorporate sort of like a straight up intentional side to side Tom Mosh part, mm-hmm. that's to me that veers outside of the realm of power violence. It's just a kind of it's it's a different vibe, but it's uh, kissing cousins. You know what I mean? Right. I mean. Um, yeah, we're, 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 splitting we're splitting hairs, hairs at that point. Yeah, because, exactly. Well, especially now because, again, the, the, there's a template you can follow, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, now you can write shit that is exclusively within the PV realm right. that honestly is just a fabrication of... Sure. Um, it, it's an it's an artifact of of, of you know two decades of, of right. history. I kind of I kind of prefer an approach like this, which is more of a synthesis. I agree, too. Um, it's it's... it's, it's it's more fun, right? Also, it's kind of, power violence is interesting because it's kind of like youth crew in the sense that no contemporary band is actually a youth crew band if we want to get down to it because that was a particular group of people in a particular region at a particular time. And power violence is kind of the same thing. Like power violence was more a scene of bands than it is a sound, but it eventually, incidentally, became codified and is now seen as a sound. But Regardless, uh, back to the LIB, I like this stuff a lot. It was cool. Um, I actually, like I said, I like incorporating some uh, some nice side-to-side moshy parts. I will also say that Helvy, who fronts this band, in my opinion, one of the best moshers in Indiana. Oh, really? Yeah, he was getting down at, uh, I had um, Regional Justice Center, Gum, and another really, really good Indianapolis band, Kiddo, at my house a couple days ago. And uh, Helvy rolled up with the Kiddo dudes and... Uh, He's he's got he's got one of the best creepy crawls in the Midwest. Oh, so that's interesting because what what uh, I guess what are the what are the criteria for best moshing? You know, it's one of those. Um, there's when when somebody's a really good mosher, they just have that certain je ne sais quoi. You know what I mean? Mm. There's just something about it. Like there's because the vast majority of people look very stupid moshing, mm. which is fine. This it ain't it ain't a fucking fashion contest. It's not a style contest. But occasionally you just have a person who has a very distinct style who manages to look cool while doing a thing that can pretty much universally be described as absurd and stupid. 
Um, and uh, Helvey's just one of those dudes. He's he just can, he, he can pull it off. He can pull it off. He has just a stylish, creepy crawl. He, you know, he gets low to the ground. I don't know what he looks like. Is he like a little wiry dude? He's he's not little, but he is wiry. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think I think wiry dudes pull it off better. Yeah. Because uh, they're maybe their limbs and their body don't just become like one right. flopping glob. Sure. You know what I mean? For sure. You can see that there's separation between the different parts of their body. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could pull it off a little bit better with their spideriness. It, it could, that could be it for sure. He's right. very uh, he's very spry. Yeah, and he's a very good skateboarder. So I think maybe it just translates. His grace <laughs> translates to the pit. Okay, and the wiry dudes too. Like you watch them mosh. Mm-hmm. Like the big guys get the fuck away from me. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. fucking get away from me. Yeah, I don't care if the little guys hit me. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, like I can watch you mosh and just okay, that's cool. Yeah, and go back to watching the band. But like. Big guys mosh, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, I'm a big guy, and I hate it when big guys start moshing. Right, you got to find a new spot. Yeah. yeah it's Could you imagine if I started moshing in your basement? I'd take up the entire space. Yeah, you would murder people. Yeah, and well, so... Yeah. I've seen like, you do it in li- other spaces. And little it's... dudes moshing is fine because you can look at them, the little scamps. Right, <laughs> right, right. Right? Yeah, little imps. Big guys moshing is just a pain in the ass. Sure, fair enough, especially in a basement spot. Yeah. Um... But, uh, yeah, back to the matter at hand. I really like this LIB stuff. It's cool. Um, I talked to Helvy about booking him up here. I would really like to do that. And then you rather can than later. settle beef. And then we can settle beef in, in the, the traditional pit. way. That's right. It's <laughs> the traditional time-honored way of uh, having it out in the pit. Sl- a slam-off, if you will. Um, so, yeah. So, if you're listening to this, uh, I challenge you to a slam-off. May the best man win. And afterwards, whatever the result, uh, as long as uh, both of us are still living... Because you never know what's going to happen, what sort of blood is going to be shed in the pit. If both of us are living, then uh, the beef is crushed. Okay. But we've established that on air. That is now, that is now official. And you are. This is actually an official agreement because you're a notary now. I and and I will I will arrange the arena of broken glass. Perfect. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. So yeah, but uh, yeah, that lib stuff is really cool. I'm going to listen to the rest of the tape on the way home. Um, I like that shit a lot. It's really cool. Um, what's uh, what's up next in the queue? Okay. So uh, we're flying through them today, aren't we? We are. Uh, I mean, so far we've had mostly nice things to say. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And which is always like, uh, there's less to say about stuff that we like. Yeah, I guess so. It's like, yep, like it. Yeah, this is sick. This is cool. You know why. Right. Yeah, you know, maybe talk about why we like it a little bit. But like, yeah, it's stuff that we truly hate takes up more time because like, it just evokes a more visceral reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's strange. You would, th- like, yeah, you're right. And I guess it gets back to that thing where the stuff we really like evokes a, an official, a visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. The stuff it's like, yeah, it's good, it's fine. Right. And then the stuff that we hate, we we go in on to. Right. Well, all right. So let's uh, let's give it a roll. Okay. One. All right. So this is uh, <clears throat> this is one that I just picked because uh, because Derek s- sent me a band on this label that did not meet the criteria. And I still just wanted to pick something from this label. Okay. Um, so this is Sustains with the release S is for Sustains. The label is uh, colafreakrecords.bandcamp.com. I think I have some shit off of Cola Freak. Yeah, this is another thing. I was going to check and see what else that they've uh, that they've released because I definitely rec- uh, recognize that name. The release that, just to, to, me- to give them a shout out, um, the release that he had submitted is a band called Land Party, which he said is young kids doing it right. Um, so... I would well, lo- I would they're not young listen. anymore because it's old. Well, they're a year older than they were when it was released, so they yeah. could still be young. Probably not. 
would you say a year a year can separate young they, from old? I don't old? know how they experience time. That is true. Time is incredibly subjective. So, uh, all right. This is a two-song release. I'm not sure if it's a promo or uh, I don't see like a link to order physical. So yeah, I don't have anything from this label. I think it must be a different Cola Freak rec- lab- record label, maybe. I doubt that there's another Cola Freak Records. I I'm just saying, it's not. It's possible. It is technically again. This is a two in a row where it is technically possible but unlikely. That it just sounds like a really familiar. It doesn't really matter. Let's get into it. Okay. So the one the one song is an instrumental. So that's straight out the fucking window. Flush that down the. How, how do we know one song is an instrumental? It says it. Land of Hurt is an instrumental. This is S is for sustains, right? Uh huh. Yeah. It says Land of Hurt instrumental. Where does it say that? In parentheses after the title Land of Hurt. Oh no shit! It doesn't say that on mine. That's very strange. It, yeah, like it's straight. Oh, you're on Sustain's Bandcamp. Yeah. Okay, I'm on Cola Freak's Bandcamp. Well, we're just that gonna w- flush that track. So let's go with Coronary. All right, cool. So we're gonna listen to Coronary off of Sustain's or off of SS for Sustain's by the band Sustain's, and then we'll get back to you in uh, three minutes.
So we just heard this, the song Coronary by Sustains off of the release S is for Sustains. So as we were researching this band, uh, I want to acknowledge something up top because it is pertinent to, it is somewhat pertinent to, the, to uh, how Nate feels about this band. So I looked at some pictures. Um, initially, we were under the impression just by how the vocals sounded that this was a male-fronted band. I saw some pictures. I'm not sure if the front person is maybe a trans woman, possibly non-binary possibly neither and just dresses effeminately which is entirely possible too um the only reason that this is relevant to the conversation is because nate does not like this kind of music typically if it is fronted by somebody who is either a male or sounds traditionally like we would understand a male to sound whereas you do like it if it sounds like a woman singing i for whatever reason i'd have been all over it but i just do not that sound, the, I, I I said shit. We should have picked the instrumental one as soon as as right. soon as we started listening to the song. Yeah, I said shit. We should have picked the instrumental one. Right. So yeah. So the only reason that's even remotely pertinent is just because I don't want to risk accidentally misgendering somebody. But uh, even at that, you know, they doesn't like it. So that's an actual relevant. That's part. relevant. Right. I I don't like it. Right. I would never. I would never listen to this. I would actively seek to avoid it. It's such a strange. It's such, it's a, strange, such a strange thing, man. You, well, we talked earlier about you tackling your toxic, toxic masculinity. But is this right? I don't want to hear my dad belching a lullaby in my ear. Um, well, considering this doesn't sound like someone's dad, first of all, let me just say I really like this stuff. This stuff is very much in my lane. It's of the. Uh, it's definitely of the early '90s creation records ilk bands like. Um, Ride and My Bloody Valentine and, you know, Stone Roses and that kind of UK shoegazy stuff, which is totally in my lane. I really loved this stuff. But I will say, yes, possibly. Well, so, so let's preface this, right? So this band didn't, like, give us their stuff, so I'm not talking about this band right now. Right, fair enough. Okay? We're not fucking, I'm not roasting anybody right, right. that didn't willfully fucking put themselves on the altar. Although I will say, people like I said, people submit other people's bands to us, and we still will roast them on occasion. But yeah, yeah, I but picked, the ones that I picked we've this really one. laid into, yeah, yeah, people have self-submitted. That's true. And maybe, maybe um, that won't always be the case. Perhaps not. But uh, today's sustains will be will be spared. I don't think here's no, a, but because musically I wouldn't. I don't hate. This. That's, that's what I'm saying. Said. We should have right. picked the instrumental track, right? Because I like plenty of stuff like this musically, right? It's just. The, the song itself takes on, you know, an entirely different tenor mm-hmm. to me if it's uh, a more masculine sounding voice, yeah. if, it, if it's a dude singing. Right. Right? It just does. Yeah. And uh, I just, it does not fucking stick with me. Fair enough. Right? You could, for whatever reason, like I said, um, it just, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't like it. I mean that's a conversation that has so many layers that we're not. See, gonna I, I don't think I don't think I need know? to learn how to like shoegazy stuff with dudes singing. No. But, well, because you're not obligated to like something, right? Like who actually gives? Right, a shit, right, right. right. You know I mean? and, and, and I'm like, mostly just adding that for uh, right. comedic effect. And here's the mean? thing: like most of the music I listen to is fairly aggressive. Right. I mean, even the least aggressive stuff is almost like 
unlistenably aggressive in polite company. Sure. You know what I right, mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Dead Kennedys, mm -hmm. to me, sounds like fucking pop. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But it's really aggressive fucking hardcore punk. Right. Yes, right? to a Jello normal Biafra, standard, yes. You know, it, his, his, he's abrasive. Right. So most of the music I listen to is fairly abrasive. Mm -hmm. Even stuff like Iron Maiden. Right. You know? Like, that shit just sounds like, like especially the first two records, Paul Diano, like, the first two records of Iron Maiden records sound like a threat mm -hmm. to me. Like, right. they're dark and they're gritty, mm -hmm. and it's classic rock that is, like, played in a threatening way. Right. Largely because of, like, you know, some of the riffs, but also, like, Paul Diano's, like, delivery. Mm -hmm. And then, once Bruce joins the band, yeah, those songs sound like a celebration. Totally. But it's still really aggressive. Right. So most of the music that I listen to is really aggressive. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I'm just not interested in hearing unaggressive music most of the time. And when I do, I don't like my dad belching in my ear. Fair enough. Which, uh, again, I will say I don't think characterizes sustains at all. Um, and like I said, I, I take the opposite stance on this stuff. This is definitely in the world of shit that I like a lot. Um, and I did indeed like this shit a lot. Um, I would like to... Did you say they have an LP from last year? Yeah. So I'd like to scope that LP. This is a two-song release. Um, I, I'm i just going to say this, though. And this is not about the band, because I genuinely love what I heard. This is more about Cola Freak Records. Um, I ask you, Cola Freak, if you are not putting out a physical release for this band... Yeah, for real. What the fuck are you doing? What, what, how did you, you didn't release this. Unless they're helping, like, with recording? I guess. But, like, that's still, like, like, you're not getting any distribution for this, right? Like, it's not a physical release that needs distro. Sustains has this on their band camp as well. Right. The, I mean, the most that could be said is if Cola Freak has more visibility than the band, more people might hear it because they frequent Cola Freak's band camp, but like... I will say in Cola Freak's defense, they seem to be mostly a cassette label. Which is cool, but like, you could do a single for this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I've released cassettes so before. So I'm just saying there are there are like definitely like physical formats that Cola Freak is putting out. True, but not um, this. But like, there's a lot of stuff where it's just... And, and maybe that stuff is in the works. Maybe the 7 inches something is in the works. And, Perhaps. But still, I get your point. Yeah. Like if you're going to be a record label fucking put something out put something out yeah because i could have easily just as easily looked this up on sustains Bandcamp and given them five bucks for the release you know what i'm saying it's uh it's just very weird to see something on a record labels page that doesn't actually have any sort of physical record associated with it but that aside i really dug the sustain stuff um and i would like to hear more of it and i'll probably seek that lp out stat Yo, sorry about that. Um, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, my computer, I would not say my computer is on its last leg, but uh, it's getting there. It's kneeling. It's kneeling, yeah, exactly. So the uh, the audio engine, on rare occasion, for reasons that I cannot explain, just decides to crash. Um, but, uh, you know, pick back up where we left off. We're just going to keep soldiering on. Um, the only thing I had less left to say was that uh, sustains is my whole shit, and I was psyched on it. Okay. So um, let's uh, let's roll the dice to see what's up next. Three. All right. This was one I was hoping we'd get to. This is Sweet Soul with Do You Like Good Music. The Bandcamp is sweetsoulca.bandcamp.com. It is a four-song release. Um, 
not sure if this has a physical or not. I'm not seeing a link to it on here. Um, <clears throat> I really like the art. Uh, this was submitted to me by Ian Manis, who plays guitar in the band. He plays in another band called uh, Moral Theory that submitted early on in the podcast, but we just never got around to it. We had it in the queue a couple times and just never brought it up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, ever since he sent this to me, I've been kind of stoked to check it out just because I really like how it looks and the way he described it sounds very much in my lane because, like I said, if this is true to form 77 punk kind of stuff, then like that's, that's kind of one of my first loves. Yeah. that kind of shit so it's funny because the like the, the artwork does not make me think of 77 punk. not it at makes all. me think of like early 90s totally yeah. late 80s early 90s like soul side yep and like that uniform choice lp oh the the second yes the second, the one? second oh, one. a wish to dream yeah yeah, 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 yeah. totally yeah it has a it has a much more like we're hardcore well that, well, actually, in that sense, it might be fitting because I was going to say it has a much more like we're hardcore dudes doing something, something else, right. something more, something that's a little bit outside, like uh, a little bit more. We're flexing our creative muscles. So in that sense, even if this does harken back to a pre-hardcore sound, at least from what I know of Ian and the other bands that he plays in, this is indeed in the lane of hardcore dudes doing other shit. So that might make sense. Um, what song do we want to listen to? They're all, you know, all under three minutes. Longest song on here is two and a half minutes long. Uh, let's do track two, Not My Turn. All right, cool. We're going to listen to Not My Turn by Sweet Soul off of Do You Like Good Music?
All right, we just heard the song Not My Turn by Sweet Soul off of their record Do You Like Good Music. Nate, why don't you go first, as always. I do like good music, and I didn't like that. <laughs> oh, well, that's quite a, that's quite a claim. Um, yeah, that's just too poppy. Hmm. Too, um, the lyrics, I, I could get behind the lyrics to a bit. They're a bit introspective. Mm-hmm. But when you, for me, like, you put that sort of poppiness with sort of those sort of introspective lyrics, and it just gets a bit too fucking sappy for me. Fair enough. Um, not into it. I think I told you that it sounds like the singer because of the flat the flatness of the voice that you pointed out. Right. It sounded like Fugazi Ian Mackay trying his best to sound like Morrissey, or Morrissey trying to sound like Fugazi Ian Mackay. Right. And uh, maybe I'm blowing smoke out of my ass. Probably am. Mm. Didn't like it. Way too fucking poppy. Well, see, the, the interesting thing is, I don't even know if it's like too poppy for you because you do like stuff that's in this vein but I think it requires you require it to be a little bit more energetic I need more energy and I can't take anything seriously so don't right I, I don't like I said it gets too sappy when you put introspective lyrics or something like that right. I need I need like a vigorous dose of sarcasm mm-hmm. to accept it I, I'm not going to accept genuine emotion in anything I unless unless it's just seething fever pitched rage, I don't want genuine emotion in something that sounds like that. I want uh-huh. I want a nastiness and a, and, a, and a sort of sarcasm that's there that you know everything is a bit tongue in cheek. I do prefer that approach in this kind of stuff as well. I, I will say um, I am not as averse to gen, to genuine emotion as you are, um, but I yeah I do prefer a, a certain degree of self awareness and sarcasm. Um, in music like this, for sure. And so <clears throat> this was described as, uh, for fans of 77 Punk, The Ramones, early Iggy Pop, that kind of stuff. Um, no. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, in a way, there's, it has the DNA of that stuff in there, especially The Ramones, but as you pointed out when we were listening to it, in the way that pretty much all contemporary... Yes. All rock-based punk rock owes everything to the fucking Ramones. Exactly, right. And and and, and Iggy Pop to an extent, too, right? right? Like, all, all of that early, the proto-to-early punk stuff. Yeah, if you're playing modern punk rock, the DNA of that shit is probably and, in there. And if you listen to Ramones tracks, Ramones tracks where Joy Ramone is singing about something that maybe is a little more introspective or usually a bit, you know, stepped up a little bit. Right, for sure. And a bit more snappy. Yep. And the songs where he's being sappy, mm-hmm. he's pretty sarcastic. Right, for sure. Yeah, the KKK took my baby away. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I liked this more than you did, uh, for sure. But I would just say, yeah, I think the description is a little bit off. I think what you guys think, I think what you guys are going for and where you land there's uh, are, are kind of disparate. Um, because to me, if this evoked anything from the 77 era... I would say it evokes some of the bands that got picked up by the labels that were kind of in a frenzy to sign the next Clash or the next Sex Pistols or whatever, that were picking up these bands that, like, weren't really punk bands. Like, kind of. And I like some of those bands, but I'm I'm thinking bands like Generation X, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Gen X is, for those who do not know, was Billy Idol's band before he was Billy Idol. And the aspirations for mainstream success were very clear from from jump like gen x was punk in format only you know what i'm saying sure like the 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 song structures and everything and and some of the shit they were singing about was punk but it was like clearly put on 
Right. I mean, well, look what fucking Billy Idol became. Right, exactly. And again, I like all that stuff just fine, but it was like, make no mistake, like, for punks of that time, it was like fake poser music. It's it is still fake. It is still fake in retrospect. Like I wasn't there for it, so I have no pers- I have nothing personally invested in it. So I can look back and enjoy it, but like it's fake ass music. Right. Like those motherfuckers weren't punks. Right. You know what I mean? They they might as well have been a boy band. To, yeah, and and this band to me sounds like shit that would have been on the tail end of like that nineties punk grab with mm-hmm. Green Day and stuff. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like honestly, honestly, I think I've heard the only I the only, like it, it reminds me a lot of those poppy pseudo boy band punk bands that popped up in like the late nineties and early aughts, more in line with them than like what I think of as typical seventy seven style. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know that that's wrong. Um and I didn't hate this stuff at all. I thought it was fine. Um I'll listen to the rest of it and see if, if uh Maybe we're coming to a premature judgment, perhaps. That's... That might be their one, like, poppy, like, sort of, like, their, their one poppy introspective sort of track like that. Yeah, I don't know. it could be. Then, before we came back on, the next song started, and it sounded like the guitars were ripping a bit more. Yeah. At least in the first three seconds that I heard. Sure. So check it out later and see what's up. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I didn't hate it, but, uh, but yeah, that's I, I'm, I'm kind of with Nate on this in that, like, I just need... From this kind of stuff, especially if it's contemporary music, um, I just need a little bit more energy and a little bit more bite from it. Um, I need louder guitars. I need I need some I need some leads. I need some catchy no, hooks. Yeah, you know real. what I'm saying? I, this stuff can can be done well because we listened to uh, that band Mystery Girl a couple episodes ago. Yeah, and that stuff it ripped. It fucking ripped, and it it wasn't that far off from this. It's citing the same influences, but I think it arrived way closer. And there's a, a, a certain degree of energy and like there's like a performative aspect. This this song sounded to me like um, the song that would be playing in the background of the uh, 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 the prom of some underdog fucking movie about a kid that finally gets the fucking girl that he wants. Yeah, this could be in like can't Har- can't hardly wait or something. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah. No, I feel that there, there's just there's no teeth to it. No. You know what I mean? And that's fine because like I really liked that last band. If it's music that is not, that doesn't need to have that aspect present cool like I, I ain't mad at it but if you're gonna claim any sort of uh punk lineage i need there to be some teeth absolutely you know what i mean absolutely i don't want the band being a background song right to a fucking high school prom movie for sure i wanted a whirlwind of knives indeed so again don't hate this stuff but uh didn't really catch me nope you want to do uh, one more band sure let's go for it all right cool let's ro- let's roll that fucking dice baby uh, three. All right, cool. Uh, this is Tortured Skull with Ritualistic Guitar Violence. The uh, band camp is torturedskullma.bandcamp.com. Uh, like I said at the top of the episode, it's a thing that's been, uh, been coming across it in my social media feeds frequently. I had a few people message me and tell me I should uh, throw it in the queue, so I did. This came out in May, so it's uh, you know, a handful of months old. The art, I mean, it looks... So the art looks like a twisting, like spiky mountains mm-hmm. um, sort of with like caverns that look like gaping maws with teeth in them right um, I'm sure that somewhere in that is the name of the band you think so it certainly looks like it certainly looks like there's there, there's trying to put lettering in the way some of the lines in the in the artwork are maybe I'm wrong about that I might be totally wrong but it um yeah, the artwork is uh, fairly abstract. It looks like a, like haunted mountains. Right. 
So, guess whose name pops up? Who's that? Will Killingsworth. Oh, look at that. It is truly wild how much work this guy is getting. Does he have, they says, it says Sodom metal punk riff in, induced psychosis. Okay. That's their self-description? Oh, Sodom metal punk riff induced psychosis. So maybe. That could be sick. Will Killingsworth has a preset for German thrash. Perhaps so. Uh, what's, uh, what song we want to listen to off of this? They're all more They're or less. They're all about the same. Yeah, let's yeah. go with Uninvited Guest. All right, cool. We're going to listen to Uninvited Guest by Tortured Skull off of their release, Ritualistic Guitar Violence. And we'll check back with you in three minutes. <laughs> just heard the track Uninvited Guest, which is the first release off of Ritualistic Guitar Violence by Tortured Skull, or the first song, I'm sorry, off of the release Ritualistic Guitar Violence by Tortured Skull. Nate, what'd you think of that? Uh, sounded like a hardcore band trying to play Sodom songs. Yeah. Um, I got no problem with it. I feel like it could have been a little more ripping. Like, it was a ripper, mm-hmm. but you listen to like Agent Orange and Sodom's fucking ripping. 
Right. You know what I mean? Of yeah, course, yeah. it's fucking Sodom. Sure. You right. know what I mean? It's, it's hard to contend with that. But yeah, I got no problem with that. I, I'm gonna, definitely going to check the rest of that out. I liked that a lot. Yeah, um, I know what you're saying. Could have used it. Could have used a nice, uh, a, a nice healthy DB part thrown in a there. A little, a little more spice, a little more speed to it, maybe. Sure. You know what I mean? But it's a opening. little, a little more, a little more like of a, a sort of manic approach to it. It's the opening track. I imagine that that element's probably present. Yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to the rest of that. Yeah. Um, that that would be uh, worth seeing live. The guitar tone was dialed in. I'll tell the guitar you that tone much. was dialed in. Yeah, for sure. Um, the delivery was all there. I agree. Um, I'm always I'm always happy when that kind of stuff is a little bit more manic and uh, seems like it's kind of falling apart at the seams. Yeah. Um, but I still really really like that stuff. As soon as the as soon as that first riff hit and the guitar tone came in, I was like, okay, this is dialed in. Um, they were not. Uh, there's no false advertising here. They're definitely going for uh, exactly what they say they're going for, and they're arriving pretty close to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna listen to the rest of that. That that was uh, enjoyable. Yeah, I fucked with that pretty heavily. Yeah, I guess like getting back to the idea of it being a bit more ripping. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite things about, especially like the first releases by like a lot of thrash bands, like you know, by like Sodom or um, Death Row and mm-hmm. stuff like that, is like whether it be through the recording or just their ability or whatever, they're kind of playing at the edge of what they can do. Yeah, we've talked about that before. And they're, they're yeah. kind of pushing that, and mm-hmm. it stands out in giving the, the songs a bit more of a manic, ragged approach to them. Yeah, there's a frenzied feel to it. Yeah, like if, if, you, if you listen to, like, you know, In the Sign of Evil, mm-hmm. I mean, everything from the vocal delivery, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The fact that, like, his German accent comes through in, like, singing in English. Right. You know what I mean? He says, I read satanic Beeble. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. He says Beeble. Yeah. Right? Everything about it, all those little, like, goofs and fluffs, because mm-hmm. they're just playing so furiously at the edge of what they can do. Right. Blends, it gives the music more. Right. Than if they held back and played with what, what, what they were comfortable with doing. Sure. You know? On the same time. And I have no idea what kind of musicians the dudes in Tortured Skull are. Right. Right? I mean sure as hell are better musicians than me because I'm not even any kind of musician. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? I was going to say, we can't. I, I definitely don't want to fault anybody for their musicianship because it's possible that uh, the edge of their capabilities is far... Right. Is, well, reaches far, far. But what I'm saying is like that was played competently right. and, and well. Uh-huh. I would like to hear you guys push it right. to like the upper limit of what you can do and still stay in that. You don't want to get... You don't want to get into the like masturbatory realm of a lot of like tech death right. and like modern death metal, where it's just like dudes jerking off to see how fast they can fucking drum and how perfect they can hit every single note in their guitar. Right. That is boring. Right. Very right? much. Very so. boring. Right. But playing Sodom-inspired thrash mm. that is pushed to the edge of what you can play mm. is exciting. I agree. But what if they're like? What if they have a dream theater level of competency? So there well, is no edge. Then don't. You know what? Um, that, that then that sucks because <laughs> I don't want to hear Dream Theater trying to play Sodom songs. Well, I don't. Th- <laughs> I don't think this arrived there. No, but what I'm saying is, like, if they have, if they have a Dream Theater level of competency, uh-huh. then they snuck one by me. Right. Because a lot of times when dudes that are like super fucking com- like competent and established or you get like these super groups of like mm-hmm. well-established musicians that are you know trying to play come back and like play hardcore what they liked right. when they were 18 right it smacks of being false totally you know what i mean right like i get it you guys are aping a style 
that you know you liked when you were younger, but you you far surpassed that. Mm-hmm. You can't play that anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, if these guys are dream theater level musicians mm-hmm. that managed to write those songs uh-huh. and be happy with it, right? They really snuck one by me. Good on you guys. <laughs> right. Indeed. Yeah. But if you're not, get out of your comfort zone. Push it. And push it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I like this stuff a lot, but agreed. Yeah, I like I like this stuff when it's manic and coming apart at the seams a little bit more. But this stuff was still really good, and again, that that element very very well may be present in the rest of these songs. So definitely going to check out the rest of the release and encourage anybody who heard that um, and enjoyed it to to do the same. Um, on that note, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap this up with uh, shouting out the Patreon donors and uh, first and foremost getting through a few calls. We got a couple calls. We got a few calls. Okay. So let's uh, let's go ahead and do it like we did last week. Okay. Do it the same way we do the music. You know, uh, okay. we'll listen to it. I'll drop it in in post production, and uh, you, know, you'll, you guys will never know the difference. You'll, you'll never know, but other than the fact that we just told you, we just told you, so yeah. you will know. Um, let's see, uh, let's see what we got up first. Okay. Yo, this is Sam. Uh, I sing an end on end. Uh, Nate just wanted to tell you to suck me, and that hooded monsters are totally fucking badass, despite the fact that I am uh, an intellectual of sorts, or at least I like to think I am. Uh, and I'm not a hard man in any way. But, uh, yeah, Hooded Mashers, cool. Uh, hating on Hooded Mashers, uh, weak. Peace. All right, Sam. That's, uh, yeah. that's the type of energy yeah. you want. I like it. I like, I like sticking it to me. Um, I am, uh, I am a sort of, uh, I guess, um, locked away in my own digital hermitude so this right. is I, I never get people never fucking come at me right you know what I mean yeah I'd and that's w- fine right I like it yeah I still think Hooded Mosh is fucking dumb right it's for fucking boneheads <laughs> it's for fucking softies that want to act hard right you guys are a bunch of fucking vanilla ice cream cones wrapped up in your fucking thick cotton garb right uh-huh. you're fronting with your fucking guns like you even know how to use them <laughs> you fucking bozos right it's uh-huh. fucking fake. It's fucking dumb, uh-huh. right? But uh, I like I like bringing it at me. That's cool. <laughs> and I and I'll go ahead and reiterate my position, which is uh, I still love the hooded moshers and uh, and fully support them. So uh, Sam, thanks for your call. That's again, that is the type of energy we encourage, and uh, and I'd love to see more of that. If you got a problem with some shit we said, speak up. Yeah. Don't hide. Yeah, it's fine. We, like we, I said, we love it. We love it. We fucking love it. Um, let's uh, let's see what we got next. All right. Bitch boys, plug coin for crybabies and hippie wimps. This shit is from Dust Streets for Dust Streets and about Dust Streets. Fuck Duff Posers, fuck Duff Pigs, and fuck you. United and strong. United and strong. United and strong. <laughs> so it seems like we have robot Vinny Stigma calling. The robotic in. ghost of Vinny Stigma. Well, or Roger Murray. Yeah. Either yeah. way, one or the other. Right. It didn't sound like Dracula, though, so I don't think it was Roger Murray. Right. Well, the, the new sounded, AF is fucking good. It is really good. But it I, makes you wonder why they ever stopped playing that. It sure does. But I will say, it also didn't sound like Dracula because it sounded like a robot. So right, I don't but, think we have any way to contextualize whether it's more Stigma or Murray. Well, we just had Robotic Ghost of Stigma. Uh-huh. We could definitely have Robotic Ghost of Dracula Murray. <laughs> we, we may. I mean... I hope that we do. Right. If a ghost can sound like fucking stigma, a robotic ghost can sound like stigma. Right. 
We could probably get it to sound like Dracula. There's there's definitely a robot ghost of Dracula out there. Okay, well, hopefully, hopefully I, we hear from. I, it. I like I like I like the fact that it's like text to voice. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It ain't bad. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get more calls from Vinny in the future. Let's. Uh, I think we got one more call on the list. Let's uh, let's see what we got. ID said that was for McDonald's, but uh, that's that's not like no McDonald's I've ever been to. Uh, uh, depends on what it which, whether you're on the uh, buying or uh, receiving end of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah, you know what true. I mean, right? Yeah, I bet you that's exactly what McDonald's sounds like if you're a fucking cow. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> yes, probably. So I would, uh, I imagine that's from a, a soundboard of some sort or sort or a pre-existing sound clip. Yeah. If so, I'm not sure what it. I'm not sure what it's from. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that was... I, I had a hard time even understanding it. To me, it sounded like the response to a prank call yeah. that somebody then recorded. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, which is a classic. I really... Man, to those those listening who may or may not have the same love for shenanigans that, that Nate and I do, you know, start doing prank calls again. I, I wish they were easier to do. You can still start 6-7 shit. Yeah, but... You can. But then people know something's up. People know something's up. Right, for sure. God, I miss the glory days of prank calling. Yeah, so do I, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, I really miss being able to just call people and they would innocently answer their phone. Right. Thinking, well, it must be legitimate. Why would anybody be calling me? Right. Only to be called every name in the book. Right. And <laughs> yeah. told to suck a dog's dick <laughs> right. by a twelve-year-old. Right. Yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I, as as a phone owner, mm-hmm. I would love to have people prank call me and me hear hear kids swear at me. Me too. And and like that, yeah, that's the thing is like there's no there's no spontaneity for it because when I see that it's a blocked number. I know it's a, I know it's a prank call, I, and I still answer, and, oh, I ha- and I have a good time with it. You know what I'm saying? But it would be much better if I had no fucking clue what was coming. Whereas right. I see it and am like, I immediately know what's up. Right. Um, so I think that's uh, that's it for the phone calls this that was week. It's pretty good. We got uh, somebody calling me out. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. Oh, uh, he's still wrong. He's still wrong, little ice cream man. <laughs> um, and. Uh, we got the robotic ghost of Vinny Stigma uh-huh. and uh, Ronald McDonald. Right. So to wrap it up, uh, let's just go ahead and this week, just because I've, I always find it hard to like keep track of who new patron, pra- patrons are and like... You know, there's not very many of them, so... There's not that many of them, so let's just, I'll just read through all of them. That yeah. way, in case I missed anybody, because my, my homie Haley hit me up and they were like, are you ever going to shout, shout me out? And I was like, fuck. I forgot. Yeah. You know, because I just, there's a lot to keep, tra- I, I'm in 10 bands, I do the fucking podcast, yeah. I have a lot, a lot of shit going on. Right. Um, so, I'm just going to go down the list. We have got uh, Ben Whitlinger, we've got Eddie Krankowski, Eric Curry, Haley Butters, shout out, see, we, we did get around to you, uh, James Holm, James Robinson, Jeremy Jones, Jim from Lima, John Lotus Bis- John Lodispoto or Lodispoto? I don't fucking know 
Noto, <laughs> uh, John Owen, Josh Ludeker, Kyle Durham, Landon DeFever, Matthew Usha or Usha or some shit, uh, Patrick Wilding, Rich Miles, Ryan McGrath, Skylar Sarkis, Tiffany Holmes, your girlfriend who just walked through the, the sure room did. moments she's, ago. She's the ghost that haunts the house. She is indeed. Uh, Tim Neff. Tim, since you're listening to this, I'll just go ahead and tell you this story. I think I, I've told Nate this before. I've told some friends this before. But uh, my friend Dusty, Neil, <clears throat> who I believe that you know, Tim, once years ago, just in the spirit of the pranks that he likes to play, told our friend Tanner that you were dead. And, uh, and Tanner was like, oh, holy shit, dude, Tim Neff died. That's crazy. Um, and then a couple days later, Dusty mentioned that you weren't dead. And Tanner said, oh, shit, man, I deleted him from my phone. <laughs> so his first instinct when he found out that you were dead, uh, quote unquote, was uh, to delete you from his phone because he figured, well, I don't need that number anymore. Well, maybe just the memory is too much to bear. <laughs> Perhaps so. Right. Um, then we have got Tom Dean Faff, P-F-A-F-F, whatever. We mentioned him before. We did, and I said, I have no idea how to pronounce it's, that. It's got to be Faff, It's right? got to be Faff, right? right? There's no way it's anything else. Um, and again, appreciate the fuck out of everybody giving us your money, but uh, mm, doesn't mean I'm going to know how to pronounce your last name. That's fine. And my name's Gray. I'm Greg, always. I'm either Gray or Dre. Actually, I went through a drive-thru earlier You're today. Gary. I call you Gary. Uh, Gary's a good one. I went through a drive-thru earlier, and uh, they asked for a name for the order, and I said Gray, uh, G-R-E-Y. And they said G-R-D-Y. And I said, well, I didn't say this. I said, no, that's incorrect. But in my head, I, I thought, sure. what name could that possibly be? Just say sure. <laughs> right, yes. What does it matter? Well, sure, what's it matter, but also... What's G-R-D-Y? I have to spell my first name out very, like quite frequently when I'm giving it to somebody. Nathan? N-A-T-H-A-N, because they always say, is that with an E? I've been Nathan my whole life. I know loads of other Nathans. I have never seen it spelled N-A-T-H-E-N. Not once. Not once. Um, then we've got Trey York, Wesley King, and uh, Zach Hammett. Okay. That, that wraps it up. That's Kirk Hammett's brother, isn't it? That's right. That is, that's Kirk Hammett's brother. Actually, I think it's his cousin. Okay. Um, which also, so we have we have kind of a running running joke in our group, long running joke, uh, yelling out at bands that we know. Hey, that's my cousin's band. Yeah. Well, we kind of had that at the show. Uh, I had I mentioned earlier we had a regional justice center in Gum play at my house a couple days ago, and uh, some fellows from the neighborhood wandered in, just some working class guys. Just uh, they thought it was a party. Um, oh, I saw them roll up. Yep. They had no business being there. None, but they paid their eight bucks at the door. Um, they came They came in. They clearly had never heard hardcore before in, in their lives. Had a good time. Had a good time. Uh, but as one of the bands was playing uh, between songs when they were tuning up, one of the guys uh, said, Hey, I'm just going to say I've never heard of you guys before in my life, but you're fucking killing it. And it was... So sick. It was fucking <laughs> awesome. I, I hope to Christ more neighborhood people just wander into shows. How else are you supposed to bring new kids into hardcore unless they are genuinely like new like that? Right, yeah. I mean, it was sick. They had a good time. They weren't mad. I mean, people were going off. Uh, they weren't mad that people were moshing into them at all. 
I headbutt one of the guys. There's some big bruise on my forehead, actually. It hurts very badly. I didn't mean to headbutt him, but they, yeah, yo, seemed like cool fucking guys. Hey, there you go. They they obviously were cool because they were they showed up on accident and were down for whatever was happening. And were happy to pay eight bucks. Right. With a sight unseen. Just like, okay. Cool. Right. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Those dudes rule. Yeah, actually, those dudes, by that by the criteria that we just mentioned, realer than 99% of hardcore dudes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's just straight up. Absolutely. They wandered into something. They had no idea what was going on, paid eight bucks without a second thought, went into a stranger's basement, had a great time. It's as real as it gets. That's as real as it fucking gets. Those are the most down-ass dudes I've met in a long time. Um, so on that note... Uh, we bid adieu to all of you posers who are not even as real as the two construction workers who live in my neighborhood. And uh, we'll see you next week.